Welcome to the Autoimmune Podcast with the YOU. In this podcast, we interview guest autoimmune warriors and researchers and try to get answers to some of the toughest questions in the autoimmune space so you can live your best life. I'm your co-host, Elise McKenzie. And I'm Melanie Igwe. Let's start the show. Hello, and welcome back to the Autoimmune Podcast. Today, we are joined by Emily Suñez. Emily is an artist, author, and patient advocate from Pasadena, California. She's the co-founder and co-director of Los Angeles Dysautonomia Network, LADN, and she's passionate about using creativity as a tool for healing and managing illness. Thanks so much for being here, Emily. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Awesome. Emily, I'm super excited for this conversation. So you are an advocate, an author, and an artist, (laughs) and so much more. But before we get into these, can you give us an overview of your life before it was affected by autoimmune disease and also what that diagnostic process looked like for you? Sure, absolutely. So I will say, first of all, that my life was on a totally different track before I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease. My career actually started off in education. And I had just finished my master's degree in teaching, and I was working full-time as an elementary school teacher. And I had kind of had some symptoms here and there that were popping up over the years, but it was one particular year of teaching where I started developing more um, debilitating symptoms that were really impacting my day-to-day life and a lot of different like inflammatory issues, which in retrospect, was like a big red flag that there was something autoimmune going on, things like pleurisy and costochondritis and iritis and just crippling fatigue. So unfortunately, I had to leave my classroom teaching position because I was just too weak to continue working in the classroom. And so it was during that time, um, I went out on disability for about six months to just kind of like search for answers. Because at the time, no one could really explain to me why my health seemed to be just falling apart. So so I, like I said, I took some time to just kind of like visit doctor after doctor. And within several months or so, I was diagnosed with lupus. Some doctors kind of think it's more of an undifferentiated connective tissue disease, but I definitely have some kind of systemic autoimmune illness. But over the years, you know, unfortunately, my health continued to worsen for several years. And I was still searching for answers. I knew there was more to it than just the lupus diagnosis. So my experience is an unfortunately common one that a lot of doctors kind of dismissed a lot of my symptoms as, oh, you just have anxiety, you must just be stressed. And, you know, I knew my body, I knew there was something else going on. So I kept searching and searching and and pushing for answers. And eventually, I was also diagnosed with several other conditions that often go hand in hand with things like lupus and other autoimmune diseases like POTS. And I also have CRPS and Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. So it actually took me eight years to get fully diagnosed and, you know, really understand what was going on in my body. And, and once I got accurately diagnosed, thank goodness, I was finally able to get properly treated and, and really had a lot of improvement in my symptoms. But it definitely really derailed my career and put me on a totally different track. So it, it definitely, it was a tough process, but I'm thankful to be in a, in a better place now with at least understanding what's happening and, and having a great team of doctors who are treating my autoimmune condition. That's great to hear. I'm so happy you finally figured it out eventually. What you said is, you know, unfortunately something we hear a lot, which is like 
years can go by before you get a conclusive answer. So I'm wondering, you know, after you finally knew like, okay, this is what was causing all of my symptoms and my struggles, how did having like those names for it and having like the diagnosis and the team of doctors, how did that change your life going forward? Oh my goodness, it helped tremendously. You know, I was able to finally get into the right specialist to to treat me and get properly just treated with medication and lifestyle adjustments. And having the diagnosis too allowed me to connect with other patients. Like when I was diagnosed with lupus, I joined a lupus support group and I was able to connect with other patients to share resources and just understand from other people who live with this condition how to best manage it and kind of design your life around it. I had to make a lot of changes after I was diagnosed in my life. I unfortunately wasn't able to go back to classroom teaching, especially with having POTS. When you have POTS, standing and being upright for long periods of time is very difficult. So of course, standing in front of a classroom all day was something that I just couldn't do. So I had to kind of reevaluate my career and what my life looked like and kind of just start to rebuild from scratch. But definitely having the diagnosis and really understanding what was going on kind of helped me lead me in a new direction and figure out, okay, these are what my new limits are and what can I do within those limits so I can still work and still, you know, have joy in my life and and live a fulfilling life kind of with managing all these symptoms. So I actually ended up going back to school online and studied finance and found a career that I could do from the comfort of my home. So, you know, it wasn't exactly what I had planned from the beginning, but you know, I feel good about having made some changes to um, still be, you know, productive and have a sense of purpose and all that. I think that's really incredible. So of many, of one of the many things that you do, um, you're an artist. So that connection of like so many people finding art very cathartic for them, whether that's emotionally or mentally, how do you feel that art has impacted your autoimmune journey and how has it helped you? Yes. So starting painting has been a really important part of my own healing. And I consider my creative practice like a form of medication almost for me. I had painted a lot in high school, but I had been away from it for years and years. And when I was dealing with a particularly tough flare that had just kept me home for months, I was looking for just kind of an escape and a distraction from the really tough symptoms and pain that I was dealing with. So I signed up for a painting class and I just I felt like, oh my goodness, this is what I need to be doing. Like I, I felt um, just totally at ease. You know, painting is really meditative um, and relaxing and helped really to decrease my stress level. And of course, that helps with managing symptoms if our stress levels are lower. And it really just helped me to feel better. I think painting and wanting to so badly to be involved in in the arts and have a creative practice kind of helped almost recondition my body to be able to withstand like being upright for longer periods of time, especially with my pots. So in a lot of ways, it just really helped actually improve my health. Like I don't think that I could separate my painting from the progress I've made with my health. Like they're so intertwined. So I really can't like overstate how important painting has been in my healing journey. And I'm a huge advocate for using creativity as a tool for healing and and helping other patients kind of manage symptoms, whether that's painting or drawing or singing or theater, whatever creative practice, you know, suits you best. Um, I think it can be a really valuable tool. Yeah, that's great. I know we've talked before about some of the creative work you do, and I'm wondering if you can just dive a little deeper into 
what it is that you actually paint about um, or, you know, how it varies, maybe how your different moods or where you're at in your chronic illnesses affect like the medium or the, the topic that you are being creative about? Mm, great question. Yeah, so I mostly paint desert landscapes and plants, actually. And that is because I see a lot of symbolism in those plants in terms of, you know, their ability to thrive and survive in a really harsh environment. And I kind of relate that to the experience of living with all these different chronic conditions and being able to still live my life and and thrive in the face of, you know, all these different symptoms. So that's kind of what, what draws me to that subject matter. I also am just a big fan of the desert and the beauty of the landscape um, here in Southern California where I live. So I'm very drawn to that. But definitely, you know, um, in terms of your question about how I'm feeling and that how that might impact my work, I, I love to paint with oils. And that does require a little bit more energy of like being in my studio and, and in my space. And if I'm having a really you know, tough symptom day, I might just bring my watercolors or just my sketch pad over to the couch and, and kind of change the medium and, and do something I could do either from bed or from my living room. So definitely, you know, it varies day to day, but I've kind of carried with me through the last few years, kind of sticking with the, the same subject matter. That's great. I want to pivot a little bit within the creative realm, but away from painting, you also have written a book. I would love to hear you talk a little bit about this book, you know, why you decided to create it and what was your vision for it when you were in the creative process. Absolutely. Thanks for asking about it. The book is called The Healing Journal, Guided Prompts and Inspiration for Life with Illness. This is a project that um, I've kind of had the idea of it for a long time because I have used journaling as kind of another coping tool, just like my painting practice over the years. And I love using guided journals. And by guided journals, I just mean that there's writing prompts that you respond to in the journal. So I had been searching and searching for a guided journal that relates to the experience of living with a chronic illness or disability. And when I couldn't find one, I kind of thought, hmm, maybe I could make one of my own. So I'd had this idea for a little while. And then when COVID started, you know, of course, we were all stuck at home and I had endless uninterrupted painting and writing time. So I kind of thought, all right, there's ever a time to make this happen and sit down and write and illustrate this book. This is the time to do it. So it was really my pandemic project that got me through 2020. And that was what I was working on nonstop that year. And I'm so glad to have, you know, partnered with a publisher to get it out there. And it's been really exciting to, to have it just recently published in February. But yeah, it really developed kind of because I, I think there's just a lack of resources in general for people with chronic and invisible illnesses. And, um, I it was something that I certainly could have used when I was first diagnosed and it's something I've also created like for myself as a resource that I use now and the way the journal is laid out is that each two-page spread contains an illustrated positive affirmation on one side and then the other side has journaling prompts that kind of relate to that affirmation and all the affirmations and prompts are designed to tackle a particular issue that people with chronic illnesses commonly deal with. For example, like learning how to ask for help and in coming to terms with receiving help from other people, the need to kind of redefine what success looks like and making adjustments to career or school or learning how to communicate what your needs are to those around you. Um, so no matter what kind of chronic illness you're dealing with, I've kind of noticed that there's these common threads that all of us 
these kind of similar issues, you know, that all of us with illnesses are living with. And that kind of stems from my own experience, what I've observed, and also having facilitated a POT support group for the last four years and kind of observing that there's all these like common threads, right? The, so the, the journal is kind of designed to tackle all those common issues that all of us live with. So, so I thought about, you know, sort of the idea of writing a book about kind of how to cope with all these things. But what I realized is, you know, what works for me might not work for somebody else who lives with POTS or lupus or any kind of autoimmune disease, right? So I wrote it in a journal format so that it empowers the reader to kind of figure it out for themselves and discover what are, you know, the self-care tools and strategies that are uniquely suited to them and their illness. So I hope that when people pick up this journal, they they see that, that it's a tool to empower themselves to kind of build a fulfilling life within these confines of illness and, and figure out what works for them. So, yeah, so that's kind of how it came together. I absolutely love that. And to be so intentional and to really understand that, like, no two autoimmune journeys are the same and to really kind of understand that, like, if you're going to be impactful, like, you have to look at it from the unique perspective of what that person is experiencing. Like there's no one size fits all. I think that that's, I really love that one. And two, I think that it will be very, very, very powerful for people living with these conditions. What I also hope is that people being able to journal with your book is that as they're expressing these different things that they're going through, hopefully they can articulate them or even show them if, they, if they're comfortable with their support system. Because that's a lot of what we get sometimes is that people feel like they have a support system, but they really don't understand what they're going through on a day-to-day basis. So to be able to get that out and have a better sense of what you're feeling and to be able to share that with other people, potentially if you're comfortable with it, I think would be incredible. So really applaud you for that work and the intentionality around it. But how do people access your book? So it's available everywhere books are sold. So you can find it at various book retailers online. And then on my website, if you go to emilysunez.com slash books, you can find more information about it and all the links to order at various retailers. Perfect. Thank you so much. Um, We'll definitely have a link to those um, in the description. I'd also like to talk about, you know, in addition to your work in art and as an author of this journal, your work as an advocate. So you've been advocating for people with chronic illness through your work with Los Angeles Dysautonomia Network, LADN. So can you just kind of give us a high-level overview of what that org's all about and how you're involved? Sure, absolutely. So I was diagnosed with POTS, which is a form of dysautonomia or dysfunction of the autonomic nervous system back in like late 2017. And I had never met anybody else who had POTS. And I was, like I said before, I had attended a lupus support group for several years, which just was a tremendous asset. I learned so much from other patients who lived with the same condition as me. So um, when I was diagnosed with POTS, I was really eager to connect with other patients who also live with this disorder to really understand how people were managing symptoms, what their lives looked like, if they had lived with this for many years. And just wanted to kind of share resources and and support each other. So I ended up forming a support group here in Pasadena where I live. And at that first meeting, I realized that 
people were just so eager to kind of like foster community like within this patient population and they were really excited like me to to meet other people who lived with this disorder and and just like how much information was shared at that first meeting was incredible and you know just things about doctors and just all sorts of little life hacks to make our life easier living with these symptoms and so I just kind of kept facilitating the meetings on a monthly basis and we've been meeting every every month ever since and that's that was like four and a half years ago when we started. So now we are a community of over 100 POTS and dysautonomia patients and caregivers living in LA County. And I have now co-founded and I co-direct the organization, which we call Los Angeles Dysautonomia Network here in the LA area. And we've expanded not only to having our monthly support group, but we do education and wellness events for patients. We do social events to kind of help foster more personal relationships And we have a program called LADN Links, where we pair kind of uh, patients who have similar interests together to help them form more personal friendships and and support system one-on-one. So we're really excited about everything that we have going on. We're in the process of becoming a nonprofit organization so that we can do even more. And really, community is at the forefront of what we do. We're really trying to provide patients with you know, meaningful relationships, a real sense of community and support system. As you both know, living with a chronic illness can be incredibly isolating and can make it very difficult to maintain friendships and relationships. And we're really trying to fight that isolation and make sure that patients are part of this really supportive and inclusive community. So it's been really wonderful to be a part of it. And I've made some really wonderful friends through it myself. And, and we're always welcoming new people. If anyone out there is listening um, and you're in LA and live with dysautonomia, we're always welcoming new members. So um, you can find more information online about us if you go to www.la-dn.org. Awesome. So um, before we finish every episode, we always like to ask people, like, who would you like to give a shout out to? So this is somebody who has been impactful, who has been supportive. Yeah. Who's rooted you throughout your journey? It's so hard to name just one person. So I have a few. (laughs) Uh, Definitely have to give a shout out to my husband, Frank, who has just been my rock and has just never wavered in his support through so many ups and downs of my illness. And Um, He's also just always pushed me to, you know, pursue my creative endeavors and dreams. So I thank him for that. And of course, my family for their endless support. My medical team, who at the moment is just fantastic. I'm with a great team of doctors who have really helped to give me my life back and reduce my symptoms. And I also wanted to shout out just everybody within the LADN community for just all your support that you've given me and just for sharing so much information and resources. Um, I'm so grateful to be a part of that community. So thank you all. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Emily, for coming on today and sharing a little bit about you with us. We're so excited to hear about all the things you've been up to. We're excited to tell um, our community about your book and the other resources that you mentioned today. And we're excited to continue working with you and seeing what you do next. So thank you again for being on. We really appreciate it. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure to talk with you. Thank you for joining the Autoimmune Podcast by DrugView. We hope all you warriors, researchers, guests, and listeners who share similar journeys have gained new insights, found answers, and uncovered more questions for next time. 
Remember to subscribe and join our warriors for another episode of the Autoimmune Podcast, because we're putting the you in autoimmune.